Okay, praise the Lord. Uh, we're going to get tonight uh, into the book of Leviticus. We have uh, began two weeks ago uh, with the book of Leviticus. Uh, and then we took a little Selah in the middle uh, because there were um, some divine activity with a number that got baptized. I think that week 12 got baptized. And uh, already this week there's another person who's been baptized. And so we just wanted to be one with the Spirit and one with the Lord's move because the, when the Spirit speaks we like to respond. And we like to say Amen. So um, anyway, we uh, shared last week on baptism, but this week we're going to come back to the book of Leviticus. And so the first thing we want to do this week is just again uh, consider the five basic offerings uh, in the Old Testament. And we have to understand that basically uh, this might be somewhat strange to our concept, but God has chosen to take the way of offerings to both worship Him and partake of Him. Okay, so this is the Old Testament picture. Uh, have you heard the phrase, a picture's worth a thousand words? Yes. So these, uh, these are pictures in the Old Testament. Another word we use is types, like typology. Uh, so we see a picture and that explains something to us that is in the hidden and divine mysterious realm. Okay, and what we're talking about here is experiencing Christ in a particular way. Uh, that is in the way of taking Christ as the offerings so that we can know Him, experience Him, satisfy Him, and express Him. Okay? So we want to uh, learn uh, and get into some of these details about knowing uh, this picture in Leviticus concerning these five basic offerings. So we were given a, uh, a kind of a preview and a warm-up, and we talked about these five basic offerings, so I'll just go over them briefly again. And as I go over them, I really want you to write them down, and I want you to think about them, and then I'm going to ask some of you to stand up and to say them. So instant pop quiz coming up. All right, so be forewarned. Uh, these five basic offerings in the Old Testament, and there are actually other offerings as well, but we won't get into those tonight. Uh, the five basic offerings we have in the book of Leviticus are, first of all, the burnt offering. You should put the burnt offering dash experiencing Christ being absolute for God. It's experiencing Christ being absolute for God. Okay? Uh, the burnt offering was the first offering. And you might even say it was the primary offering. But in any event... Uh, this was the first offering, and this offering was uh, put on the altar, and then fire came down out of heaven and, and roasted that and consumed it. But let me tell you, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't just like, boom, and then the, 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 all the offering was gone. Believe it or not, it was a slow roast. It was a slow burn. Actually, did you realize the Bible even tells us that it was a slow burn? Yes, it took time. And there was, uh, there was smoke ascending. There was something that was satisfying, that was fragrant to God. <clears throat> so this, uh, uh, you know, in, in Texas we cook a lot of briskets. Uh, we cook a lot of meat, actually, more than the average state. 
but a lot of those take quite a bit of time to, uh, to uh, roast. But that fire is not from the heavens, let me assure you. Um, but in any event, the, the burnt offering was something that actually heavenly fire came down and it, it consumed this offering until there was nothing but ashes left. Okay, so that signifies Christ was absolute for God, 100%. Maybe you think that you're pretty much for God or a lot for God or kind of sort of mostly for God. But actually, even if you're not for God a little bit, you still sin. You're still short. You're short of the glory of God. You're short of expressing God. So that's why we all need to experience Christ as the burnt offering, the one who's absolute for God. Okay, then quickly, secondly, we're going to go through the meal offering. The meal offering was experiencing Christ in His fine humanity as food for God and for His serving ones. Okay? Experiencing Christ in His fine humanity as food for God and food for His serving ones. Okay, the meal offering, mainly when you get into it in Leviticus chapter 2, uh, it's, it's the fine flour mingled with the oil, and it is food for God and His serving ones, and it represents His fine, balanced humanity. The meal offering, very significant, okay? Uh, that's all we'll say then. There's the peace offering. Basically, it's, it's more simple. It's experiencing Christ as the peacemaker. Is there conflict in this world? Is there conflict at UT? Is there conflict in your room? Is there even conflict sometimes with yourself? Yes. There should be a resounding yes to all the above. Conflict abounds everywhere, and we need to experience Christ as the peacemaker, okay? All right, that's number three. Then number four, we need Christ as the sin offering. Christ as the sin offering, and basically, we need to experience Christ who deals with our sin nature. Not only do we commit sinful deeds, but we do that because our very nature is sinful, when you were a little boy or a little girl, did someone teach you how to lie or did you go to lying school? But it's quite amazing how all of us are really good at it and even I would say quite adept. And we even know how to tell shades of lies. Big lies, medium lies, small lies, convenient lies, inconvenient lies, lots of lies. Okay, you know what? We just lie. Because you know what our nature is? We're sin. Our very nature is that we are sin. Therefore, we need to experience Christ as the sin offering to deal with our nature. Our very nature is sin itself, okay? No bueno. Not a good thing. We need Christ. As the sin offering. This is marvelous, okay? And finally, number five, we need Christ as we need the trespass offering and we need to experience Christ as the one who deals with our sinful deeds. The sinful nature produces sinful deeds. Probably whether you're aware of it or not aware of it even today, how many times did you sin today, Danny? 
a lot, probably a lot, probably more than you realize. But anyway, we can take Christ as our trespass offering from the sinful deeds. Uh, brothers, how was your thought life today? Pure as the driven snow? That would be negatory. No way. We need Christ as our trespass offering. Even our thoughts. Many thoughts. Not pure. Not right. Not upright. Um, and so we need to take Christ as our trespass offering for all the deeds that we commit. So five basic offerings. Five ways to know Christ in detail and to experience Him in a particular way uh, as the basic offerings in the Old Testament. So again, to go through quickly, number one, the burnt offering. Number two, the meal offering. Number three, the peace offering. Number four, the sin offering. And number five, the trespass offering. Okay. Um, you know what? Maybe this is your first time hearing these five basic offerings. If not, uh, if so, that's okay. But you know what? It won't change. If we cover this again in 10 years, there'll still be the five basic offerings. And so we need to get to know these more and more details so that we can experience Christ in a particular way. All right, five basic offerings. Who would like to just give us a quick run through of the five offerings? Stand up and share these five offerings. It's good for you guys to practice speaking. Okay, yes, go for it. Um, the first, the meal, the peace, the sin, and the trespass. Got it. Wow, that was really fast. All right, that was fast, all right, okay. That's great skeleton. Now, who would like to put a little bit more meat on those bones there, all right? Anybody? All right, there we go, Cor, great. Right. That's right. Um, so Christ kind of just hacks down this tree with the sin offering, but even takes care of all the fruit, um, all the trespasses that just come out of us. Right. You know, like the lies that we not even, don't even intend to do. Right. Um, he even takes care of those as well. That's right. Amen. All right. Can somebody just kind of get up and just march through all five and give us a little sentence or two about each one? Yeah. It's not that hard. Five of them. Yes, go ahead. Thank you, Alicia. All right. <laughs> right. Amen. Right. Right. Yes. Good. Yes. Excellent. Very good. All right. Way to go. Okay. Now with that covered, I'd like us now to get more in detail uh, tonight. Uh, let's read the title of this message all together. Ready? Go. Okay. Taking Christ. So tonight we're going to hone in on just the burnt offering and spend time on it. And as we go through in the coming weeks, we're going to get into each offering in more detail. They're very rich 
Uh, there's a lot to each point, and so I had to really boil this down, even though it looks like there's a lot there. This is the boiled down version, okay? All right, so let's read Roman 1 together. Ready? Go. All right, read Leviticus 1.3. Okay, so here in Leviticus, uh, this offering is presented at the tent of meeting. It's the entrance of the tent of meeting that he may be accepted before Jehovah. Okay, uh, and this is really good. Um, this is this is really where these offerings are presented. And I just want to make the quick point that you know a lot of our presentation of these offerings is actually at the tent of meeting, and guess where that is. Yeah, it's in, the me- it's in the meeting of the believers. When the believers come together and meet, there's a tent of meeting and God's speaking is there. And that's when the presentation of these offerings occur. Okay, So this is the burnt offering here. And notice here it says, um, He's a male without blemish. This offering is without blemish. It's a perfect offering. Okay? And this is our Christ. He's the perfect one. And it's presented at the tent of meeting. Then, uh, I don't have these verses on here, but um, the way that this offering was done is... Uh, okay, uh, let me have a brother come on down here. How about Andrew? Come on down. All right. And, uh, okay, Cord, why don't you come on down as well? A little demonstration here. Um, you know, the offering... Uh, in a lot of cases, was a was a large animal, like a bull. So can you get down on all fours here for us, Andrew? <laughs> you, you're you're going to be our bull here, all right? And and the 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 person would bring the offering to the priest, okay? And then this person or, turn turn this way, Andrew. Okay, sideways. We we need the profile view, all right? All right, come around on this side here, Cor. And the, the person giving the offering would lay, go ahead and put your head, there you go, would put hands on the head. Okay, this is very significant. He would lay his hands on the head of the offering. And this is very important because this showed identification and union with the offering. So then, I know this is graphic, okay, PG-13. So basically, the priest would slay, would slay the offering. He would slay the offering. Now, when this, when this guy here is, has his hands on the head of the offering, what do you think is going through his head? This should be me. I'm the one that should be slain. I'm the one that should be offered. But God gave us a vicarious substitute who is Christ. And today he was slain once for all for all the things we just talked about, right? He's our unique offering. But in that day and age, the person who brought the offering was in identification and union with the offering. And believe you me, he knew he was identified. Wow, this 
because of my not being absolute for God, I have to bring this offering and present it to God so that uh, there can be something in place of me. Okay, thank you, brothers. Appreciate that, Andrew, taking one for the team. All right. So by laying his hands on the head of the offering, the offerer was identified with the offering. And here's the thing that's wonderful in this picture. You know what? <laughs> Everything that was negative from the offerer, the one who brought the offering, was transferred onto that offering. Your weaknesses, your shortcomings, your defects, your wrongdoings, your unabsoluteness for God, and so forth. All that, when your hands are on the head, is transferred to the offering, which is Christ. And all the positive things from Christ, life, light, holiness, righteousness, you know what? Those are actually transferred to you. This is the spiritual picture, and this is the principle. When we lay our hands on the offering, you know what? We get all the riches of Christ. And when we open up and confess and offer Christ to God, all these negative things are given and put upon that offering and taken away. What a trade! How marvelous is this, right? What a picture in the Old Testament. We wouldn't have any idea about this without this very explicit picture in the Old Testament, understanding Christ as the offerings, here particularly as the burnt offering. So, um, in Leviticus 1.9 here, Sorry, I didn't put this verse on here. But basically it says here, um, Then the priest shall burn the whole on the altar as a burnt offering, an offering by fire, and here's the key phrase, a satisfying fragrance to Jehovah. This was so satisfying to Jehovah, this offering. And the fire came down, it, it consumed the offering, and eventually what was... I, like I said, burning there slowly, there was smoke ascending, and this became very satisfying, aromatic, and pleasant to God as an offering to Him. And this, this was marvelous because this is what the children of Israel were required to do to present this burnt offering, okay? All right, let's run, run on quickly here. Roman 2, my time's running out. Go. Okay, let's go ahead. Brothers on Leviticus 6.25, read that. Okay, look. Yes, and sisters on Leviticus 16.3, go. Okay, in both those verses, I want you to circle burnt offering and sin offering. And I want you to realize they're right there together. And that is, as we begin to offer the burnt offering, Christ is our burnt offering, you know what? We start to realize how sinful we are. How absolute were you for God? Let's just take one day. Oh, how about today? Let's just take today. Let's just look at today as a whole day. How absolute for God were you from the moment you woke up till right now? What percentage of the day were you 100% for God and His purpose? 
Don't tell me a number, but just think about it. And the fact is, even if you had a really good day, you're probably still short. That's why we need Christ as our burnt offering. And so when you begin to consider that and take Christ as your burnt offering, you realize, oh my goodness, I am really a sinner. And so these two are very much linked together, okay? And actually it causes us to appreciate Christ as our sin offering and our burnt offering much, much more, okay? All right, Roman numeral three. We need to move on quickly. Go. Okay, this may sound a little bit more complicated, but this is crucial. We need to take Christ as our burnt offering daily so that we may experience Him, it doesn't stop there, in His experiences. Okay, now, His experiences are detailed now in the next nine subpoints here uh, in a very particular way because this burnt offering had many particular things done to it uh, before and as it was presented as an offering, okay? So in these details, we can see actually particular aspects of Christ that we have to experience in His experiences, okay? All right, listen. Christ, uh, let's say this iPad here is Christ, okay? And we're going to say that this is you, okay? If you get into Christ, praise the Lord, you got, you got into Christ, Whatever Christ experiences, guess what you experience? Whatever He experiences. So when we get into Christ, we experience Christ in His experiences, okay? Okay, repeat after me. Thank you, Lord, I am in Christ. Thank you, Lord, I am in Christ. Thank you, Lord, I can experience you. Thank you, Lord, I can experience you. In all your experiences. So we experience Christ in His experiences. Now, we're going to go through quickly and look at a number of these experiences that the burnt offering had to pass through and realize that all of these experiences that are the picture in Leviticus are what Christ has experienced in reality in the New Testament. Okay? All right. So quickly, how about brothers, you read letter A. Okay. You know... The, the burnt offering was led to the slaughter. And we know both in Isaiah 53, 7 here, it says, When he was led to the slaughter, he opened not his mouth. Okay, well, usually when we're about to be led to the slaughter, we are complaining, screaming, maybe shrieking, maybe uh, unhappy, disgruntled, opinionated, um, Many things, but, you know, in our human life, we may be being led to the slaughter in some situation or experience. We know we're about to get hammered, clobbered, crucified. And in Christ, in His being led to the slaughter, it says He did not open His mouth. Wow, what a Christ. What a Christ that we have. So, this is a small detail, but very important detail. This was an expression of Christ. And in, in being led to the slaughter, no reaction. Okay? All right. I don't have time to get deep into any one of these, but these are really great points. Number, uh, letter B. Let's see, who read the first one? Brother, sisters, B, go. In his being slaughtered. Okay, in his being slaughtered. Okay, it's one thing to be led to the slaughter. 
And then secondly, slaughtered. Okay, well, maybe sometimes between roommates, slaughter is going on. Slaughter. Just being frank, being honest. Occasionally slaughter happens. The knife comes out. Ah! Okay, you know what? In the, you might say the slaughtering happens when there's an intense quarrel or an intense uh, fight. You know what? As if we experience Christ and His experiences, the whole quarrel will be swallowed up. The whole thing will be swallowed up. So we have to learn to experience Christ and His being slaughtered. All right, brothers, read C. Okay, and His being skinned. Um, you know, skinned. Uh, the, that, of course, the burnt offering was skinned. How can we see Christ being skinned? Well, many, uh, many times he was uh, stripped of his human virtues. You know, at one point they said, uh, how do you cast out demons? They accused him of being what? Yeah, he cast out demons by the ruler of the demons. He was just stripped. In so many particular instances, this is Christ. And people were there call, saying, oh, yeah, you're in touch with the ruler of the demons who's casting out these demons. OK, stripped. OK, skinned. All right. Then D. Ready? Go. OK, cut to pieces. You know, cut to pieces. Probably one of the most practical ways that he was cut to pieces was when he was hanging on the cross the first three hours of his judgment by man and men were ridiculing him, mocking him, saying, if you're the Christ, come down and save yourself. They were cutting him. And oftentimes, the way we cut one another mostly is by our words. We cut each other. We slice each other. Uh, when I was growing up, Sometimes somebody would say something to jab another person and somebody else would go, cut down. <laughs> I know that sounds funny, uh, but uh, anyway, that was before all you guys were alive, but it did happen. <laughs> okay. And uh, we would really say that. We would say cut down. Why is that? Because we cut each other with words. It was, it was mean. It was cruel. It was impolite. It was, uh, you know... Terrible. Some people also say cut it out. Cut it out. Yeah, cut it out. Okay, there you go, Robert. Um, so to cut one another is the same way Christ got cut on the cross. Okay? He was cut into pieces. All right? Um, anyway, praise the Lord. You know, um, in 1 Corinthians 4, it says, Paul says there, reviled, we bless. Defamed, we exhort. So this was the experience of the apostle in others cutting him. Eventually, even though they were cutting him, he was blessing them. What a Christ we have, right? Right? Particular experiences here. Then letter E, read it. Yeah, in his wisdom, of course, this is the experience of the head in, the, in Leviticus chapter 1 here. <clears throat> the head was part of the offering, and this signifies Christ as our wisdom. And we want to know Christ as our wisdom by living Him in all situations, okay? We want to live Christ.
in every situation. This is what it means to take Christ as the burnt offering in a detailed and particular way. All right. Then, letter F, in his being a delight to God. You know, the apostles here in 2 Corinthians 5, 9 said, We determined in all things to be well-pleasing to him. This is, this is the kind of living of the, of the apostles that they wanted to be well-pleasing to him all the time. This is the experience of taking Christ as the burnt offering. All right, then G, in the inward parts. You know, the inward parts are mainly our inward parts or our mind, emotion, will, the leading part of which is our mind. And you know, our mind uh, controls everything that we do because it's where our thoughts are. And in Philippians 2, 5, it says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. What was he talking about there in Philippians 2? What kind of mind was that? Do you all know? In Philippians 2 there, it was a mind that emptied himself of everything. He poured himself out. He was God and yet he became a man. He died, the, he died a death and that the death of a cross, the lowest death. He was a poured out person. And this was the kind of mind Christ had. Someone who did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but someone who was simply poured out. Okay? So this mind represents the inward parts of Christ. And this is experiencing Christ as the burnt offering. Okay? You guys are in college. I know this is a little bit more challenging, but... We have to see this is how we experience Christ in detail, okay? All right, letter H, in His walk. You know, the Lord Jesus in His walk was perfect. He was perfect in every way. And we know that we're not perfect, so we take Christ as the burnt offering, who is the one walking in perfection, okay? And then finally, letter I, in His being kept by the Holy Spirit from, defil from defilement, Praise the Lord. And Titus 3, 5 there, it says the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit. We need this kind of washing, right? And the Lord Jesus, he was kept, you know, a good example is in Matthew chapter 4 when he was tempted by the devil. Right? Was, was he kept there? He was kept. He was kept from defilement uh, and he was uh, walking in a perfect way. And we need to experience Christ in His experiences by rejecting the enemy, rejecting defilement, and being washed by the Holy Spirit. Okay? All right, a lot of details. We could spend <laughs> probably a whole night on each one of these points. But all of these show us the details in, in Leviticus chapters 1 and 2 of the burnt offering uh, in picture form. He was brought, the, the, the offering was led to the slaughter. It was slaughtered. It was skinned. It was cut to pieces. Uh, and all the other details here, we have to realize these show us something concerning Christ, okay? All right, now, in my few moments remaining, I just want to cover this last point because this is crucial. Let's read Romans 4 all together. Ready? Go. Okay, eventually this offering was burned up completely and became ashes. Guess what? None of the priests ate this offering. Nobody got this offering except God. 
And so this offering, we have to realize, was for God and for God's purpose, okay? And the ashes here, if you get into it, were something very stately and holy. And actually, even before they took the ashes out, do you realize the priest had to change clothes? They had to put on the most stately garments to remove these ashes and take them out and put them in the place of the ashes, which was for God, okay? That's because these ashes represented something so satisfying to God and were actually for the fulfillment of His purpose. And the fulfillment of God's purpose is the new Jerusalem. Okay, so how to make application. Listen, as we pursue Christ and take Christ as all the offerings, here's the great news. We become nothing. So, you know what? If you're here for self-help or want to become great, you're in the wrong class tonight. What we're going to tell you tonight is if you pursue Christ, you become ashes. You become nothing. We're nothing. This is what the Lord Jesus, eventually, He was accused of being nothing, even though He was the Christ. But in our pursuing Christ, eventually the heavenly fire will come and consume us. And to the world's eyes, to those outside, we're absolutely worthless. We're nothing. And we become nothing. But for God and God's purpose, we become the fulfillment of His desire and eternal purpose, which is His habitation and expression, which satisfies and expresses Him. You know, God wants an expression on this earth. And praise the Lord, He's getting it. But He's getting it by some who are learning to take Christ as all the offerings, learning to take Christ as the burnt offering, the meal offering, the peace offering, the sin offering and the trespass offering. And as we take Christ as all these offerings and even experience Him in detail, we become ashes. And ashes are are the element that actually produces the materials for the new Jerusalem. The gold, silver, and precious stones, which eventually satisfies God and expresses God. Okay, I know we covered a lot of material. I think I went a few minutes over. But praise the Lord for Christ as the burnt offering. We can know Him, love Him, and experience Him in His experiences and eventually produce what is on His very heart, which is the new Jerusalem that both satisfies God and expresses God. Praise Him, right? For knowing Christ in this way and experiencing Him as the burnt offering. Okay.